Hey there everybody, this is Paul from the Horror Crypt Podcast. Before we get into today's episode, I just want to give a very big thank you to everyone who has already downloaded this show. To date, we have had 164 listens. For little old me just sitting here in a room just talking about movies, it's very humbling to think that 164 of you guys have listened and downloaded this show. It's a wonderful result so far. We're going to keep going because we've got a lot more movies to... um, review but i just wanted to say thank you very much and as they say in the classics on with the show Hey there everybody and welcome to another episode of the Horror Crypt Podcast, episode number 21 today. Today we're going to be reviewing the 1983 American supernatural horror film written by John Carpenter, Christine. This movie is a, a, it's a real classic um, and they've got some great characters in this movie. There's not one part of the movie that you really sit there and worry about if it's going to get going or whatever, but it's, it's a really great, as far as I'm concerns like a really great revenge movie um also it just shows the the underdog or the the yeah the underdog of of um poor old uh, arnie cunningham the uh, main character in the movie how he basically comes out of himself um due to christine christine is an absolutely gorgeous car i tell you what we're going to get more into that uh, more later but this movie was released in december the 9th in 1983 runs for 110 minutes now the the budget was $10 million, and it did, did did fairly well. It made its money back, and then some. It made $21 million in the U.S. Um, it was based on Stephen King's 1983 novel of the same title, and the movie follows the change in lives of Arnie Cunningham, his friends and his family, and a teenage enemy after Arnie buys a red classic white, red, sorry, classic red and white 1958 Plymouth Fury named Christine. The license plate... Uh, if anyone's interested, is CQB241, a car that seems to have a jealous, possessive personality and a mind of its own, which has a bad influence on Arnie. Um, it, it's become a, a cult classic, which I knew that before I even looked at the um, the Wikipedia entry. There was no way in hell this movie would not make it, make it into um, classic status. So, um, yeah, I, I, was really, I was really happy to, to do this movie. There's so many movies that I've got coming up. But this one was actually one of my favourite ones to do. And as I said, sitting down and watching this movie, and I've watched this many, many times, there's never been a, a chance that I've actually sat down and glanced at my phone or whatever. It, it actually keeps you engrossed for the whole movie, which which is really um, a, quite a unique movie for back in 83. Because, I mean, there, there was movies like, you know, Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street and those sort of movies. Um, and, you know, for the less, lesser known ones like, uh, scanners and also I mean everyone knows Cujo but you know that's another movie we'll be doing later on in the uh, in the horror crypt and uh, but we've, we're in September now so we've got some Halloween ones coming up and we've also got uh, a Christmas one but I won't uh, spoil that I'll just let you hear about it when you download it but anyway before I get started I just want everyone to know that remember I'm on all social platforms I'm on Instagram and Facebook at horror crypt Oz and you can send me a direct message at horrorcryptoz at gmail.com. Yes, that was my phone beeping away there to say that someone just sent me a message. And of course, while you're recording this, and this is live, um, it just makes that much more sense to have a phone beep in and annoy you. <laughs> well, hopefully you uh, it didn't annoy everyone too much. But uh, yeah, so if you want to send me a direct message, horrorcryptoz at gmail.com. That's all one word. And uh, we can connect on, on that. And as I said, you can always follow me on Instagram and Facebook. I'd love to get some more people um, following me on uh, Instagram. I've only got one person, as in me. I'm the only person that follows myself. So it would be really great if I actually had um, a little bit more interaction. But as I said in the start of the show, I've got 164 downloads so far. And it's chugging along. I didn't think sitting here in a room just talking about horror movies was actually going to do that, but uh, it's it's humbling that I've actually got some people listening out there, so thank you once again. So before I get started in this movie, I always play the trailer, so if you want to sit back, relax, here comes the trailer. Sonny, you ever owned a car before? No, I just got my license. Start her up. 
Christine. I like that. I saw you guys at the football game. How'd you get that car fixed up like that? Plain old-fashioned hard work. Ever since he bought that car, he's been obsessed with it. And you know what else? They told us the man who owned that car last died in it. What do you know about that car? I know that the guy who owned the car before Arnie, his daughter choked to death in Christine. That car. I swear it's the car. That's Christine coming. Oh, Jerry. That's funny, you know, because I, I heard you stole it. Well, after I cleaned up the broken glass, it wasn't so bad. So what if you, you fix it up, you know, and he just comes back and does it again? He won't do it again. So unfortunately, there's not really much to that trailer. I mean, other than the uh, couple of little, you know, parts of the movie as, as far as the talking goes, but really there's nothing really to indicate what sort of um, trailer that you're getting. But the trailer basically has a lot of um, visual aspects of it, which makes it a very interesting trailer to watch. But um, other than that, yeah, there wasn't really a whole lot, so I'm sorry about that one. But the uh, when the opening of the, the movie actually starts, you actually get to hear just the, the um, a car turning on and then a rumble of an engine. And you get to see the the gold V, which is the the front grill of Christine, and then as it revs, you get to see you know the word Christine, and, and basically it's just just continuously rumbling and and the the rumble of a car, and then it stops, and then the actual opening of the movie starts, where um, a caption reads in September 1957, and so we're seeing an assembly line, and there's all these cars going down the assembly line, and people are underneath the cars also tuning up parts of the car and then you see now it's interesting that there's only one red car which is obviously it's christine but you know they've got different colored cars that are coming along the place but you know this beautiful red you know fury is coming along the, the uh, assembly line and it's like oh this is a, i mean you can almost imagine getting into this car and having this be your very first car and it's only got like zero on the odometer it's like it would be absolutely beautiful to actually have but anyway, as the assembly line workers are going along, one of the guys um, signals to the, um, the the guy that actually is moving the cars along the conveyor belt to stop the car because he's got to check something. And he opens up the bonnet of, uh, or the, the hood. I'm in Australia, so the bonnet is the front of the car. If you're in America, it's the hood. If you're in other parts of the, the world, I don't know whether it's the hood or the bonnet, but we're going to go with, we'll do the hood. How's that? But it is the bonnet. Anyway, he goes and opens up to basically you know, double check on something. And as he's um, looking under Christine, he's got his hands on um, the front part of the car. And all of a sudden, the uh, hood abruptly slams down, crushing the hand of the line worker um, and having him having to be taken away from the um, from the, the accident. So as uh, this is still going on, you've got a couple of guys that are looking at the car and, and you know, really admiring the car. And there's this African-American guy that uh, walks past the car and slightly stops and looks back and goes oh i have it's almost like oh i haven't seen a red one of these so he gets into the car and shuts the door and he's he's smoking a cigar and he flicks some ash onto um christine's seat but in the meantime he also turns the radio on and there's this awesome you know 1950s music coming over and then you get an overhead shot of all the lines of the car you know the line of the cars and it's quitting time so the you know like the bell goes off everyone can go home 
And obviously you've got a supervisor that just walks, make, makes sure that everyone's leaving. And he's walking down the line, he can hear this music going, and he follows the music towards, obviously, the car, and gets to Christine, opens up the door, and a corpse falls out of the car, and that's the, the body of um, the inspector that was sitting in the car. So we don't know any idea as far as how this even happened. Um, he's got this look on his face, like he is just in sheer terror. Um, eyes are eyes are open, but we don't know how he died. So that is the first part of the movie that's sort of like left up in the air. How did he die in this car? Like he was just sitting there, you know, listening to the to the radio. So we're sitting there now, scratching our heads, going, "Okay." But then the movie movie um, changes, and it changes to twenty one years later in September nineteen seventy eight. Um, there's a guy driving down the road. It's, I think it's a Pontiac he's driving. I think it's a Pontiac. It looks absolutely gorgeous car. Sounds beautiful. It's, I mean, it, this is a real dick movie as far as cars go. If you really like cars, this movie will get you off because this is an awesome movie. Um, as far as cars go, because you can hear the rumble of the V8 as the guy's driving down. And he's going down to pick up this very awkward teenager by the name of Arnie Cunningham or Arnold Cunningham. Um, he lives in Rockfield, Rockbridge, uh, California with his only friend, his football player friend, Dennis. Um, Arnie's life begins to change when he buys the used, dilapidated Fury from George LeBay. So let's go back a little bit. So he goes to school, and he is very, very nerdy. I mean, he's just, he's really, uh, he's a very unpopular kid, and he's basically hanging around. Luckily, he's got his, his friend, um, Dennis, and Dennis is one of the popular kids. He dates the, the really popular girls, and... You know, he's got, he plays football, so he's really, he's got it all. He's got the car and everything. But Arnie, um, when he jumps in the car and he's driving along with his friend, he says, oh, you know, mum and dad are really pissed off about the fact that I'm taking shop. Now, shop is obviously, because um, I, I, we don't have shop here in Australia, but shop is basically where you learn motor mechanics. And, he, and of course, Dennis goes, yeah, well, they, they'll think twice when you're servicing their Volvo for free. And he's like, yeah, yep. Anyway, so he goes to school and... Um, in shop, there's a guy by the name of Buddy Bretherton, I think it is. I think I think that's his name. Anyway, he's he's one of these real um, hoods. This is the kind of guy that you just know that eventually he's going to have a number written across his chest when he's standing in, ta- uh, standing up, having a photograph taken as he's entering into prison. He is just a real piece of work, and he's basically got his mates, and that's the whole thing. You know, bullies always have to have mates hanging around. So he's got like, you know, four other guys standing around, you know, edging him on. And uh, he's got Arnie's lunch. And he's basically saying, well, you know, if you want to take your lunch, you know, come in and take it. And um, he's like, you know, well, and he goes to get it. And of course, he sort of moves in a way that, you know, you come and get it. And I'm going to rip your balls off. And of course, Dennis happens to come up and, and says, you know, come on, Arnie, just take your lunch and let's go. And uh, of course, then at that moment, Buddy flicks open a switchblade and basically says to Arnie, you know, you want to go for it? And he goes, yeah, well, I will just put down the knife. And of course, then um, Buddy inserts the knife into Arnie's bag of lunch and rips it open and basically spills it everywhere. Uh, this is, I, I get really annoyed about scenes like this because it's like, it's, it's the little guy, it's the underdog that is, um, it's almost like he's fair game. And of course, you know, in every school, You'll get the the bullies and you'll get the poor guys that are the the brunt of this. And I really uh, I really can't stand these sort of people. But anyway, he goes to attack. He actually does attack um, Arnie, and of course Arnie slips over on some yogurt that was that he had in his bag, uh, causing him to fall. And he breaks his um, glasses. So on the way on the way home, he's saying to Dennis, "Well, uh, all in all, it wasn't a bad first day." And of course, as they're driving. Um, you know, Arnie says to Dennis, stop, 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 stop the car. We've got to go back. We've got to go back. And he's like, what? And he goes, I just saw something. Can you can you go back? And, of course, they reverse the car back. And there's Christine sitting in what can only be described as the most disgusting, vile dwelling of a house. There is shit everywhere. And poor old Christine looks like she has gone through bloody World War 75. I mean, there's a ripple on the side of her paneling. The, the car is just so dilapidated. And um, it's being sold by this guy, um, by George LeBay, uh, and he's basically just wanting he was he's wanting three hundred dollars for it. And of course, he does say to Arnie, you know, have you ever owned a car before? And Arnie says, no, I've just got my license. And he goes, okay, well, you know, here, here you go, here's the key, start it up. And he gives a little bit of a conversation, saying, oh, you know, her name's Christine. And Arnie goes, you know, Christine, I, I like that name. 
And of course, he goes, listen, you know, I like you. I'll drop it down to $250. And of course, Dennis is trying to say to him, look, you know, for $250, Arnie, you can get a pretty decent car for that. And he's like, you know, do you realize that, you know, exactly, you know, he, she's a classic, you know, and he goes, well, well how, where are you going to get $250 from Arnie? And he goes, well, I've been working during the summer and I've been saving up and I've always got money for college, so I'll use that. And he's like, uh, I don't know. And of course, as um, George is coming back with the pink slip, he basically, you know, corners him and says to, Dennis says to George, listen, you know, he's just a stupid kid, you know, how about you just give him a break and just tell him he's not, it's not for sale. And, of course, George goes, I don't think you know exactly what you think you know, you know, and says, you, you think, you know, that your friend's dumb. He's not. And, of course, it really shows you because this this car drags you in. It, it pulls you in. Um, and he, it does. It, it has that effect on you. And, of course, so <laughs> poor old Arnie takes the car home and says to his mother and father. Now, his mother and father are almost like Adolf and Ada or um, the, the part of the Gestapo, they're really snarly parents, you know. I mean, it's almost like they just they just don't allow him to have any fun whatsoever. And he says, oh, I bought a car. And he, she's like, um, what? And he goes, yeah, I bought a car. And, and, of course, the mother's like, well, um, I thought any purchases had to be discussed. And he goes, well, hang on a minute. It, it, whenever I want something or if there's a discussion, it's always two against one. It's you against, you, you know, you and dad against me. And... Um, he said, so basically, you know, that, that's that's it. I'm having it. And she goes, you are definitely not having it. And of course, he goes, she, of course, the father goes, where is it? And he goes, it's in the driveway. And he goes and looks and he goes like, oh, my God. And she's like, you are not keeping any car in this house. And of course, Arnie does say fine. And he, he gets in, he gets in Christine and drives off. And um, before he does, the mother looks at, uh, at, at Dennis and he goes, hey, don't look at me. I tried to. I tried to tell him, you know, talk him out of it. And she goes, oh, yeah, I don't think you tried hard enough. You know, the mother is a bitch. I mean, I mean, really? She's an absolute bitch. You know, let your goddamn son keep his car at the house. You know, it's his first car. He's so excited about it. Just let him have it. But nope, nope. The mother doesn't want to have the car in the house. So anyway, he, he goes off and he goes to um, a... Uh, uh, a junkyard uh, it's called Darnell's junkyard and it's basically a place where if you need to keep your car on the road um, you can rent um, a bay you can leave the car there and you can work on your car um, to get you from A to B he actually Darnell says that you know there's these this this places for working people that need to keep the car on their road and and basically need to keep food on the table and it's not really it's not designed for rich kids to just do up their cars and go drag racing and um Arnie's trying to say, listen, that's not me. I'm not, I'm not that kind of person, you know. And uh, But when Darnell sees Christine, Christine's a wreck. I mean, it re she really is. And uh, he does say to um, Dennis, you know, if you're the person that sold him that piece of shit, you should be ashamed of yourself. And he's like, oh, I didn't sell it to him, you know. And th there's just smoke coming out of Christine. The poor car is just a wreck. And Darnell basically lays down the law and says, listen, you know, you're not going to run that piece of shit in this place without an exhaust hose. And, you know, you, you, this place is for workers. They need to keep the car on their road. So just, you know, remember that you're on probation. If you just, if you screw one up one time, if you screw up one time, you're out. And Arnie's like, oh, okay. And Darnell says, oh, you know, just get the fuck out of here. We're closed. So, so you know, luckily Dennis drives him back home. And, of course, the mother and father are waiting there and gives him the, basically the, the what's going on where did you you know take that car and so that that's that part of the movie and we just see dennis driving off and and i think dennis has got that whole idea of like thank god this is not my family because this family is so toxic and funny enough i've i've met some toxic parents like this and i will be very happy to say that i am not one of them um but yeah i've met some very toxic parents that don't allow their children um any freedom whatsoever and for arnie this car not only represents freedom, but it also represents uh, his identity. Because as you see, as you'll see as, you, as the movie goes along, his identity comes out. He's this nerdy, you know, kid that doesn't know what's going on in life and basically is just getting by one day at a time. But this movie really brings him out of his shell. Um, unfortunately, in a, in a strange sort of way, but we'll get to that part of the movie as we go along. So as Arnie, as Arnie spends more time with his car, he discards his glasses dresses more like a 1950s greaser, and develops an arrogant, paranoid personality. Now, one part of this movie that was really interesting is that um, he was only 17 when he got the car, and he said to his mother and father, you know, registering the car is going to be a bit difficult because I'm 17, so I need your permission 
to register it or basically you register it for me. So unbeknown to Arnie, Regina, his mother, speaks to Dennis and basically lets him in on a little bit of a secret that he actually, they actually found out when they were going to go to register the car that the previous owner actually committed suicide in the car. Um, so Dennis decides, okay, well, I, I want to find out what the hell's going on with this. So he drives over to um, George's house, the guy who was selling the car. And of course, George is in the process of selling his entire property because he wants to go buy a condo. Um, and he confronts him and he says to him, listen, um, you know, I, I know about your brother. He, you know, you he committed suicide in the car. And he's like, you don't think, you don't know half of what you think you know there, shitter. And this is a little word that people throw out who have owned the car, shitter. It's a really interesting word. Never heard that one before till I saw this movie. And he goes, um, listen, I'll tell you a little story about Christine, what happened. He said, I made my brother get rid of this car because his daughter choked to death in Christine. And then after after his daughter's death he drove around in christine you know radio blasting not a care in the world and i actually made him get rid of it because it's for decent for decency and uh so dennis is really perplexed about this like what like okay so we've got you know his daughter's you know choked to death in christine and then he goes and commits suicide in the car and he says well how did he how did he die and he goes he choked on carbon monoxide poisoning so obviously he gassed himself to, de to, de to death in the car. Um, so it's almost like Christine takes you over. It, she makes you do things. And as I said, the, the way that Arnie is dressing, the, this, his arrogance, the way that he is coming across, it's, it's showing you that Christine really does have a negative effect on anyone that actually owns her, which I find interesting that George didn't have that same problem because he was selling her. Now, when you see the car in the opening, um, as far as when he's selling it, this car must have been with him, you know, quite a long time. But he actually also does tell him a bit of a story. He says, uh, "So you know, when Christine, you know, when the his his daughter choked to death on, in Christine, I got him to get rid of the car." And he goes, "But the car came back three weeks later." And he's like, "What the what? What do you mean the car came back three weeks later?" And it's and he gives him this look, and you don't really know exactly what he does mean, and. Like, when, once you've seen the movie, you'll understand, but when if you've never seen this movie and you see it, before, you know, now, you're like, it came back, what, so he went and, and re-bought it, but that's going to come back. We're going to find out what happens. So during a football game, Dennis come, becomes distracted upon noticing Arnie kissing his, his new girlfriend, Lee, Lee Cabot, in front of, of a now-perfect Christine and is tackled, suffering a career-ending in, injury. You know, it is Monday morning and my mouth is just not working. But then again, I'm not supposed to be working because it's my day off. So, yay. But it would be really great to be doing this podcast with my mouth actually working properly. But, um, so he he has this spear tackle. And you see as the camera pulls back that his leg is basically folded back the wrong way. And um, so the next scene, you see Arnie coming into the hospital room to see Dennis. And he goes, you know, um, how did you get that car fixed up? And he goes, oh, just plain old-fashioned hard work and a couple of scenes before that um darnell is looking over arnie's car and he's he's got a friend of his you know standing next to him and he's like you know this this kid works ass backwards he's got a brand new um surround of his um front windshield of a windshield that's busted but he's really got good hands i mean arnie is really building up this car but he's actually picking through a lot of darnell's <laughs> scrapyard and darnell does say to him listen when i told you you could you know forage around in there for some pieces uh, for the car i didn't mean you're going to build your whole fucking car with it and um he goes listen i know that you don't have money falling out of your ass because if 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 you did you wouldn't be here he said, so how about we make a bit of an arrangement? And of course, Arnie's like, so what sort of an arrangement? And he goes, well, if you do a couple of lubes and if you, you know, put the toilet on the little spool, um, I'll let you forage around the, the junkyard for free and I might even throw in a couple of bucks. And I think this is the first time that Arnie has really been welcomed. And he says, um, okay, well, I'll have to think about it. And of course, Darnell shoots in this look like, uh, and then he says to him, you know, don't think too long or I'll throw you out of you on your fucking ass. <laughs> I was like, okay. But Arnie really does, you know, he, th this guy Darnell is actually a really good guy. I mean, he comes off very, very hard. 
but I think he really makes Arnie feel really welcome um, being there. And I think that was really good for Arnie because he's certainly not welcome at his house. So he, so Dennis is saying to him, you know, how you got the car fixed up. And he says, oh, it's just plain old-fashioned hard work. And he goes, but I still can't keep it at my house because my mother says that it makes the, the uh, driveway look crowded. So he's still got it at Darnell's. And he says, oh, Lee, you know, that, that, that girl that you, you're with, you know, she's the most beautiful girl in the school. How did you get a hold of her? And he says, oh, you know, it's just, you know, just charm, whatever. And he goes, oh, I, she just wants me for my body. <laughs> it's just like a bit of a, a bit of a laugh. But Arnie almost has that, that this is, um, it's almost like an impos imposition to go and see um, Dennis. So he basically says, well, got to go. And basically leaves and he's like, yep, okay, got to go. You got to go. So one of Christine's windshield wipers stopped working while the pair are on a date at the drive-in movie theater. So Lee's sitting there and... They're making out in the car and, of course, you know, the, the music's going and the rain's pelting down. And, of course, um, as I said, the windshield wiper stops. And But before the, before that, um, Lee basically stops making out with Arnie and says, listen, I can't, and just gets out of the car. So he runs over to her and she's standing at a concession stand and he goes to her, what's wrong? And she goes, I can't, not in that car. And he's like, what? And... She's like, no, I, it's it's that car. There's something about that car. I just, I can't do it in that car. And he goes, you know, I don't know what it is. Everyone doesn't like my car these days. And he goes, and anyway, he said, I thought women were supposed to be um, jealous of other girls, not of cars. And he goes, and of course, you know, Lee says to him, you know, how many times have we been making out and the car just suddenly stops? And then, you know, then I get out of the car and the car miraculously starts up again. And so Arnie does, you know, get her to come back to the car and as as they're sitting in the car and they're trying to bit of having a conversation and lee looks at arnie and, and hits christine's um upholstery with on the the seat they're sitting down and of course arnie looks at her and goes no 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 don't do that and lee looks at him and says oh don't don't like me smacking your girl and of course as the windshield wipers are going they stop so arnie gets out of the car to try and fix it lee goes and i've never done this before i don't know if anyone if any of you guys have ever done this but back in the old days i guess and i'm saying old i'm not that old unfortunately or sorry fortunately i'm not that old but there was a time where people would have baked potatoes and they actually leave them on their air vent um with the heater on surrounded in um foil and it would actually heat the the um the potato up apparently they used to do that i have never done it but apparently they did and anyway so lee grabs one and starts to eat it and starts to choke now suddenly everything gets very very bright um in in the car and christine locks the doors on arnie and you can see that that this girl's choking now you don't know whether she's choking because something's gone down the wrong way or she's choking because christine is doing this but there was a guy next to uh, the car and sees this going on. He jumps out of the car, out of his car, manages to get into Christine and Heimlich maneuvers Lee. At that moment, you know, Arnie is thinking that this guy is attacking um, Lee. So they do get home after this whole thing going on. And, and she's like, you know, I could have died, Arnie. And he goes, well, how did I know the guy was trying to give you the Heimlich maneuver? I could have given them the Heimlich maneuver. And she's like, you know, I could have died. And, and she said, listen, I don't want to get in that car anymore. There's something about that car. Don't ever pick me up in that car again. So she goes inside and shuts the door. And he, because Arnie's very, he's he's mad and frustrated and whatever. And he gets back into the car and he goes to turn on the car. And the car doesn't start. And he's like, come on, come on. And of course, the car will not start. Absolutely nothing. And he looks at her and he, and he just says to her, nothing's changed, baby. Everything's the same. Everything's fine. And of course, starts it up again, and now the car starts, and the song "I Don't Know Why I Love You" comes over the the, the radio, and that's when Arnie goes, "Okay, all right, you know," and it's like, "Okay, you know, everything's fine now," and you see Christine drive off. So soon after, afterwards, uh, school buddy, uh, bully buddy Ripperton, angry with Arnie over being expelled after confront being the confrontation in the uh, workshop, um, when he when he pulled out the switchblade on him, he only got him expelled so buddy has now got this vendetta against uh, against him so one of his friends uh, buddy's friend says well because you know this they're, they're sitting there and they, they see uh, christine drive past and of course um, buddy says to, to one of his friends moochie about it and he goes oh i know where he keeps it and he goes oh really 
So they follow um, Christine to um, Daniel's workshop after um, Arnie drops it off. This is such a bad idea for these guys, but it is poetic justice coming up for these guys. So they decide, all four of them, to vandalize the car, and they absolutely destroy the car. Like, this car is just, it is in pieces. They have sledgehammered it, they have axed it, they have um, ripped up the upholstery. One of them even actually took a shit on the front um, dashboard of the car, which is it, it, absolutely vile. But they just absolutely destroy this car. So... Um, Lee manages to drive um, Arnie down to, to pick up something because he left his wallet in Christine. And so they walk into Darnell's and as they're walking around the corner to where Christine is, they can see the car is absolutely in pieces. And Arnie is immediately just completely and utterly just devastated by and and you would be because you've you know you've spent so much time with the car, you've you've invested so much money and effort in the car. Um, you know, the, this car is your lifeblood, and, and the, the way that this, that Christine has, the hold that Christine has on Arnie is just quite amazing. So, of course, Arnie is so devastated about this, and, uh, Lee goes over to console him, and he pushes her away very aggressively, and says, you know, get away from her, get away from her, you shitter, and, uh, you know, it's all your fault, and, and so the iconic scene is coming up now, this one is... Anyone that's, that knows movies, whatever, you you probably are aware of the, the iconic scene. So Arnie is standing against the car and just completely distraught and devastated. And he is talking to her and saying, you know, we're, we'll fix you up. You know, I'll, I'll make you better again. And um, he said, nobody, he says, you know, nobody will ever be able to touch us again. You know, you'll be, you'll be wonderful. And he hears this creaking and he looks down and the panel of the car is completely restored. Like, it is like nothing's ever happened. So he walks away from the car towards the, you know, and he, he turns around, he's looking right directly out from the front of the car, and he says to her, okay, show me. And, of course, at that moment, Christine restores herself. And it's like, ugh, I mean, and, and the way that it restores itself, it just, it's, I mean, it's creepy, but it is just magnificent. The way that they actually did this, and this is a real credit to any filmmaker. I don't know how you guys did this because it makes it look so believable. I don't know whether it was just, I mean, I don't know. It, it is, I, I know which way they probably did it, which is they destroyed it and then played the movie backwards to make it restore itself. But the way that it's done is just flawless. And I think, you know, Carpenter is definitely 100 out of 100, mate. It was, it was a brilliant restore. So Christine then seeks out the vandals. Um, now, <laughs> this is really quite cool because, um, you know, Christine obviously does not need anyone driving her. He, she goes and finds finds them herself. So um, at one stage, Moochie, one of the guys that, that actually um, ripped up all her interior, gets off, a, gets off of a truck. Someone drops him off somewhere, and he, he's walking around the corner, and he sees Christine just sitting there and says to... to you know, says to him, is, is that you, Cunningham? And, of course, then the car just... The the, the headlights on this car, it's like friggin' halogens. It's almost like aircraft lights. They are so fucking bright. Um, and the car chases Moochie down. And when I say chase him down, like, he, wherever he goes, this car follows him and just chases him um, to the point that he is cornered in an alleyway. And he pulls out an, a knife and basically says to the car, you know, come on, I'll, I'll, I'll kill you or whatever. And the car basically pushes straight through the the um the alleyway, which is not designed for a car. The, the The alleyway is basically just big enough for one person to stand in there. And the car basically slices him in two. And uh, so that is number one that that's killed. So the next one that comes along is uh, Don and Richie, and also Buddy. But we're going to get to Buddy in a moment. So Don and Richie, um, Richie's being driven by Buddy and Don is working in a gas station. And so uh, Don is sitting in the in the car uh, alongside of Buddy and they've got this, you can see a pair of headlights come from behind their car and this guy's got his head, his high beams on and of course, you know, Buddy's looking at him and has got that look in his, in his rear view mirror like if this fucker does not turn down his, his high beams. And, of course, um, Don, you know, flips him off and basically says, asshole. So, however, whatever speed that, that um, Buddy is going, this car matches him. 
So he's like, okay. So he he goes, you know, watch this. And he puts his foot on the brake. And of course, Christine slows down and stops, you know, just before him. Of course, then uh, Buddy puts it into reverse. Christine goes in reverse. So there's no way around getting, you know, getting away from this car. So in desperation, Buddy runs, drives into a gas station and gets out of the car and says, someone's following me. And uh, the car comes flying around the corner and he's like, you know, come on, prick. And of course, Christine slams into um, the uh, the gas station, um, spilling fuel absolutely everywhere. Then reverses out and goes directly again um, towards um, Buddy's car, slams the car against uh, Richie and Don and killing them. And of course, then at that at that moment, uh, you know, Buddy goes, "Okay, well, I've got to get the fuck out of here," and starts running away from Christine. Christine then drives over the the uh, petrol pumps and igniting them and the car just ex- like the the petrol pump explodes in fire of course christine gets a little bit of fire on the front of her uh, of her front of her grill this is where the car just looks absolutely menacing because you can see the fire you know coming from the front of, of the grill so it's almost like this this devil car following you and of course buddy is legging it down the road like he is running for dear life away from um fucking christine and Christine is chasing him down, and it's almost like this is the last bit of re- revenge that I've got, and she accelerates and runs over Buddy, killing him in the middle of the road. Buddy is set on fire, and you see Christine just drive off into the distance as Buddy is laying there um, on fire and is obviously is now dead. So Darnell happens to be at work uh, at this night, and the roller door goes up, and Christine drives in. Now this car has been basically is badly burnt. I mean, it is it's just it's almost like charred, and it drives into the Darnell's um, parking garage and reverses into its spot, and turns off the engine, and turns off the lights, and of course Darnell's got that look on his face like what what the fuck like. Is Arnie in the car? So he walks over to um, Christine, and Christine is smoking. You know, the the entire car is just basically crispin. And he gets a uh, a rag and opens up the the actually before he actually opens the door, he says to the um, to Christine, "Okay, buddy, you know the ride's over. Whoever's in the car, get out." And of course, obviously, no one comes out of the car. So he grabs a shotgun and he points it directly at the car and he says, uh, "Okay, whoever is in that car." You've, you know, you've got 10 seconds, get your ass out of the car. Of course, nobody comes out. So he finds an, a, a rag and he opens up the car because the car is absolutely red hot and sees that there is nobody in the car. Now, you and me, would we get into that car and close the door? No, we wouldn't, but he does. So he gets into the car and uh, closes, the, you know, closes the door. And I don't I don't understand this, why he would do this. He turns the radio on and you, know, you think the car is fucking melted. And then suddenly the seat starts to pull itself forward. And in the ensuing time, it actually um, asphyxiates him uh, from the you know crushing of his chest against the steering wheel, um, killing him in the car. So Arnie arrives, home, arrives at Darnell's the following day. And as he's walking around the corner, there's police, there's, uh, you know, um, crime scene tape uh, and an absolutely pristine looking, never been touched Christine. And, uh, of course, the detective says, oh, you know, do you own this car? Yeah, okay, well, your boss was found dead in the car. And he's like, um, uh, okay. And he goes, where were you last night? And he goes, I was I was at home. I, I had some stuff I was going to drop off here, but I just went straight home. I've got the I, I've got the receipt, and um, I've got Darnell's car. I just, you know, and people can vouch for me that I've been at home. And he's like, okay, fair enough, okay. But, um, you know, what are you going to say? I mean, you know, the... Your boss is found dead in the car. Okay, <laughs> where do we go from here? And so this is when Arnie starts to think to himself that maybe Christine is not a great investment because um, the detective, Rudolph Jenkins, becomes suspicious of Arnie having discovered paint from Christine at the scene of two gang members' deaths. However, he has no direct evidence to implicate Arnie, who is an alibi and denies all involvement. So it's like, okay... Um, so, you know, where were you? Okay, I've got, I've got, you know, people that can vouch for me. So, Arnie does have that look on his face like, this is probably not a good investment, but he can't get out of it. Absolutely can't get out of this now. Christine's got a hold of him and, and there is just no, no going back. So, Jenkins either is unaware or doubtful that Christine can drive herself. Following the choking incident at Christine's initial vandalization, Lee breaks up with Arnie. Dennis and Lee, who have become aware of Christine's supernatural and sinister nature, conclude that the only way to save Arnie 
from the car's influence is to destroy it. Bad idea. We know for a fact that, that Christine is vengeful. We also know that Christine loves and adores Arnie, and there is no way in hell that he's that she's going to allow you to, just to destroy her. She's going to fight tooth and nail. So this idea of Dennis's of destroying Christine, yeah, bad idea. So they set a trap for Christine at Darnell's garage. So this is another thing where it's very interesting, you know, that people can drive all sorts of, of vehicles. You know, he Dennis ends up by driving a um uh, uh, like a not a dump truck. It's not a dump truck. It's like a um a fork. No, it's not even like a forklift. It's something you'd actually pick up a whole lot of gravel and dirt and shit with. Um, I know the word. I just can't think of it because it's you know, my brain's not on today. <laughs> um, but uh, so she he say, basically says to Lee, "Okay, I'm gonna set. We're gonna be parked over here, and Christine's gonna come from this way." And he and she's like, "How do you know she's gonna come this way?" And he goes, "Because she's gonna park herself." Back in the only place that she knows that she feels safe, she's going to park back there. So let's set a trap for her. So he's and she's like, okay, we you know we got to basically destroy this car. Bad idea. Oh, it's a bulldozer. See, this is why I I need to read ahead of time because my brain turned off, and I think I was running on on you know fumes. So yeah, a bulldozer. Good lord. So Dennis waits at the controls of a bulldozer while Lee stands ready to close the garage door and cut off Christine's retreat once it enters. However, having hidden under a pile of debris in the garage the entire time, Christine strikes when Lee assumes her position at the door controls. Attempting to tackle Lee, Christine crashes through Darnell's office. Tragically, and this is this is the this is the only part of the movie that is really tragic because everything else is like yes. You know, these guys that destroyed your car, yes, they certainly deserve everything that they've got. So, yeah, it's awesome. But um, when you see Christine, um, when she was hiding in the pile of, of debris and her headlights just absolutely, you know, illuminate and chases Lee down, you think the car is driving herself. No, um, Arnie's actually in, in the car. And another very iconic scene of this movie is him sitting in the, in the driver's seat. His eyes are just like demon eyes, basically. And the the lights illuminating from underneath the dashboard, so he's got this really menacing sort of like look, and he chases Lee down, and Lee manages to to escape a couple of times, but um, unfortunately, as as it, you know, he's trying to chase her down, he hits a wall, and of course, Arnie goes through the windshield, and is killed in you know um, uh, from um, from the collision. There is an awesome jump scare because Arnie is laying there. Um, on the hood of the car uh, after going through the, the windshield and of course Lee goes over to, to look at him and he just you know just raw, you know, jumps up at her and she you know, it just scares the shit out of her and then of course Arnie he's dying what does he do instead of you know going to, to Lee and wanting human contact he immediately turns his hand towards Christine and runs his hand along her grill and holds her um, V insignia on the front of the of the car and then passes away. And as he passes away, um, Christine's headlights dim and go off. So you think to yourself, okay, it's all over. You know, Christine is is, is there is no more Christine. Once he's dead, it's done. No, that is that is absolutely not <laughs> that's not it at all. So Dennis and Lee attack Christine with a bulldozer, but she continuously repairs herself and retaliates. So every time that they do something, because because um, uh, you know Dennis has driven this bulldozer into the garage and is chasing um, Christine down and drives over the uh, the back part of her. And as he's driving over the back part of her, he reverses to try and get more momentum to, to crush her. But every time he goes to reverse, she starts to fix herself. So he has to keep trying to crush her to move forward. So as he's going further and further forward, she's just absolutely fighting him every step of the way. You know, her, her wheels are spinning, there's, there's smoke and everything, and she's really trying to get away from this bulldozer. However, Dennis does actually overcome the situation and drives the bulldozer completely over Christine and just destroys her and makes sure that he's the bulldozer is completely on top of her because the car is, is no match for a bulldozer and basically is, is absolutely crushed. Um, so Jen can pro so that's it. You think to yourself, okay, the car's destroyed, the car's done, there is no more coming back. There is a little bit of a twist. So Jenkins, the detective, comes to see, um, you know, Lee and comes to see Dennis at the uh, the, at the um, 
junkyard, and he praises the teens for defeating the demonic car, despite their mourning Arnie's death and their inability to save him from his corruption. The camera zooms slowly on the car's remains, so what they do is they crush the car into a, an absolute cube, and it's dropped down um, in front of them, a little bit away from them, and uh, they hear this 1950s music going and they're like no no fucking way is this car still alive and you see this guy walking past with a stereo uh he's, he's listening to a, a stereo as he's walking past and they have that relief like oh thank god and of course uh, lee says i hate rock and roll so the camera zooms into the cube which was christine and is now just a cube of the car and you see the front grille try to reassemble itself and then goes back to its original state. The camera cuts to black and that's the end of the movie. I will tell you that this movie is by far probably one of the most enjoyable movies that I've seen. I mean, I, I love all horror movies and this is more of a thriller slash horror movie. This is more along more on the thriller side than the horror side. I'll, I'll definitely say that. But it certainly gives that whole really enjoyable time of the movies and it really makes you know what movies were like back then um and it's, ter it's terrible to say that because i was you know like 1983 was not that far away i feel like i it was like a you know decades away but it's not that far but anyway i did really like this movie it was really enjoyable from start to finish i've got no complaints on this movie and you know i usually give zero to five buckets of blood zero being how to get the last two hours of my life back to five being it was a perfect movie and I'd watch this movie all over again. I'll give this a solid four. There's nothing really out of the or out of the the movie that I can sit there and pick and be, you know, nitpicking at and say I didn't like. I enjoyed the movie. There, it wasn't a slow movie. You know, um, it it was an enjoyable movie and I and I can't give it five, but I can definitely give it a four for sure. Um, now before I go, we always like to do Paul's fun facts. <laughs> So I can usually do um, fun facts just in general, but I'm actually going to do fun facts as I did last week of the movie. So this fun fact was really quite interesting. According to Bill Phillips on the DVD documentary, the movie technically didn't have enough violence to justify an R rating. But they were afraid that if the movie went out with a PG rating, a PG didn't exist yet, nobody would go to see it. So he purposely inserted the word fuck and its derivatives in order to get the R rating, then he recalls that they were criticised at the time for using the word. <laughs> so it's almost like I need an R rating and I need to put some with some bad words in there, but when I do, people complain they've got too many bad words. Like, really? Oh my God. So I always wonder what sort of um, amount of a budget is used on these big movies, but apparently 15% of the budget was just on cars, and by the end of the filming, all but two were destroyed. Okay, so I just wonder how many of those poor beautiful Plymouths were destroyed in this in the making but they just said all but two so it could be they could have made five cars they could have made ten cars who knows but all but two were destroyed oh my god one of the uh, Puri Flimmer uh, Pluri oh my god that's it I'm not doing this on a Monday I gotta I gotta do this when my brain and my mouth is working together one of the Plymouth Furies from the movie was sold for one hundred and sixty seven thousand dollars in 2004 apparently the opening scene which shows christine being born in detroit was added in for the movie it was used to explain the origins of christine's evil nature which has been changed from the original stephen king novel i don't know how you figure that being born in detroit was actually going to make you evil is, is detroit evil i don't think so oh, i don't know um apparently john carpenter refused to go to the premiere of, of the movie because of superstitions, because he did say, when I go to premieres, something bad always happens. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Keith Gordon, who plays Arnie, says on the, on the DVD extras that he pretended the car was a woman. So whenever, when, so whenever he touched her, as in touched the car, he imagined which parts of the woman the car was. Oh, that's nice. like that one. Very, very nice. Um, Dennis's car. Oh, my, there we go. I thought it was. So Dennis's car is a 1968 Dodge Charger 440. Nice. And and uh, Dennis, the guy, John Stockwell, had to take bulldozer, bulldozer driving lessons before filming. Yeah, that makes sense because you can't just get into a bloody bulldozer and start driving it. Got no idea. 
Um, apparently Kevin Bacon was offered the lead role but ended up choosing Footloose instead. I think that was a probably a better idea because Footloose is iconic and Kevin ba- that made Kevin Bacon's um, uh, career. So yeah, good choice there. At one point, Bacon was going to originally star as that movie, but um, he decided to opt out. Very, very good idea. Um, what else have we got here that's very, very interesting? Oh, Darnell's was shot in a massive old factory, uh, a wire factory. Okay. Half of it was made to look like the body shop, and the other half was turned into the actual body shop to keep Christine running. Oh, that makes actually makes a lot of sense. Oh, my God. Scott Bayo was considered to play Arnie Cunningham, and Brooke Shields was considered for Lee Cabot, but the filmmakers involved all felt the movie would be better served by casting unknowns. Absolutely good choice. I, can you imagine Scott Bayo and fucking Brooke Shields? Oh, my God. Give me a break. Stephen King suffered a nearly fatal car collision in 1999. In an example of life imitating art, King hoped to bash the van with a baseball bat or pickaxe once he once he healed. Unfortunately, his lawyer had bought the van and sent it to the de- uh, to be demolished before he got the chance to do that. <laughs> yeah, very very good idea. John Carpenter blacked out Christina's wi- uh, Christine's windows so you don't know if Annie is driving her. That is a very good idea because you don't. It is completely black, so you've got no idea whether he was driving that, and that was in that that iconic scene where you know you see Christine um, headlights go on. You don't know whether she's driving just by herself or someone's behind the wheel. But yeah, there we go. That that makes a that makes actually um, a, a better idea. At the climax of the movie, this is the last one by the way. Christine is clearly seen with a crumpled hood resembling teeth. This occurs after the initial confrontation with Dennis and the bulldozer but before withdrawing into the shadows to reconstitute. That's very good. Oh, okay. One more, one more. Then I I promise I'll finish. (laughs) The $250 that he pays for the car in the movie, which is set in 1978, comes out to $979.84. Well, there we go. So anyway, thank you very much for uh, for listening to this episode of the Horror Crypt Podcast. Remember, all social platforms. Um... Please feel free to reach out to me. I'd love to get some feedback and also love to meet some of you guys because I know there are people out there because I'm seeing it. But uh, yeah, next week we're going to have another great movie. So please, in the meantime, have a wonderful week. And like I say, every time I do this, I'll creep you later. Mm